<laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie, and we're having way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is One, One Kiss, Kiss Means This is the podcast where we talk about all the things that you love about made-for-TV romances and then all the things you hate about made-for-TV romances, like tropes that don't make sense and things that make you go, ah, about love. Um, these are the kinds of romances that you see on Hallmark, Netflix, Lifetime, or various places on the internet. Hannah, where do we have this one from today? Uh, so, I don't know. I also don't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, this is one of those ones where, like, it appeared on the internet at some point. Um and because it's close to Valentine's Day, we're talking about a movie that peripherally deals with Valentine's Day, I guess. I mean, I it guess it absolutely sort of... deals with Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, but like it's a va- <laughs> it's a version of Valentine's Day that I've never seen before. Okay. Um. So we're going to be talking about this movie called The Valentine Competition. I hate it already. <laughs> uh, and it. It appeared in the world on February 15th, 2021. So it's about a year old. It was from last Valentine's Day. Um, And this is the IMDb blurb. A woman finds romance as she prepares to take over her mother's garden store. I apparently wrote that twice for myself. That's it. (laughs) We're done. Uh (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, That's it. And it stars Ashley... Newborough, it's Newborough, right? Newbra? I have no idea. And um, Newbruff, Newbruff, uh, and John Core, and John yeah, whatever. Core. I don't, I don't care. Ugh. <laughs> it seems like we're in a mood. We picked some good <laughs> ones to talk about this <laughs> the last couple times. So welcome back to our podcast, friends. <laughs> Generally, we like to be positive, but sometimes it's hard with the subject you know matter we have chosen to pod. I, I think it's, sometimes it's important that we discuss some of the worst ones out there because we're we're doing a service. We're watching movies so that other people don't have to. And don't forget, my friends, we also love these movies. That's something that I don't know if we talk about enough. That we talk, we nitpick these movies and find these movies because, in general. We love them, but when yeah. we find completely bad ones, we also love that too. So they usually do result in fun conversations. Oh, for sure. This so. is going to be very fun. <laughs> join in here, friends. Join on in. Let's tell. Let us tell you what this is about, so you can laugh and cry with us at the same time. Here we go. Jack, played by John Core has been working at the Great American Garden Store in Valentine, Oregon, for eight years. Valentine is his hometown, which he returned to in order to help out when his father de- um, when his father developed Alzheimer's. He hired his friend Ron to work at the store as well, but Ron, while an extremely sweet, sweet guy, is a bit of a dum-dum when it comes to most things, but especially the garden store business. He's bad enough that he's in danger of being fired. Catherine, played by Ashley Newborough, is the heir to the Great American Garden Store. 
She's just returning after years away getting various degrees at Ivy League schools in order to take over the company from her mother. Mom built the company, runs it as a cold professional, and wants her daughter to do the same. Everything is always about the bottom line and must be part of the plan. So Catherine is clearly her mother's daughter, but Jack immediately sees something in her that brings out his teasing side. He likes pushing her buttons a little bit, getting her to let loose and open up a little bit, aka like be everything that she doesn't feel like she is. And it's good that he's created a somewhat friendly rapport because Ron, his dumb dumb best friend we talked about, accidentally ordered 10 times the number of roses that they need for Valentine's Day. While this is absolutely a fireable offense, Jack convinces Catherine to keep Ron on and figure out a creative way to solve the problem. And they figure it out. They'll run a competition. The person who enters the contest with the best front yard display on Valentine's Day will win a backyard renovation by the store. I guess you have to be in Valentine to be part of this. I don't know. Jack's neighbors on Valentine Street, so double Valentines, are very excited and rush off to the garden store to get supplies. While there are only like five or six days until Valentine's Day, if more people act this crazy, this should really bring in the customers and we won't have to worry about that pesky little 10 times ordering thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think the goal was to like, Get them to buy the stock to decorate their yes. front yards so they get a backyard <laughs> renovation. Cool. Got it. So um, mom, Garden America, Great American Garden Store mom, who has stepped down but is also very much still there and involved and putting her nose in things, is nervous that this scheme will not work, also not make them money. She suggests that it would be better if they knew who was going to win and that the prize of the free backyard would be turned down. And it's not cheating if Catherine decorates a yard, but it's entered under someone else's name, like, say, Jack's, and they use Jack's house. No, the ethics of this are completely kosher. It's fine. (laughs) Nothing to worry about. (laughs) Jack doesn't want a backyard anyway. (laughs) Well, they they shouldn't change the backyard. Dad will be confused. I mean, Um, but they can change the front yard just fine. This is the weirdest Alzheimer's I've ever seen. Uh, Jack is a... (laughs) Jack is a little more skeptical about the plan, but he likes Catherine, so goes along with it. Uh, I guess, you know, being pretty, you win everything. (laughs) Um, They have to start spending extra time together where she is, like, meeting his parents because it's at his house and learning about his life and his, you know, about his dad's illness and all of that. And she's come up with this Cupid-inspired design that is ugly as shit that she is sure will win the contest and starts implementing her vision in the yard. And she's starting to like spending time with Jack. He's different and doesn't fit into her plan, but she's having fun with him. But mom, 
does not like that Catherine and Jack are getting close. She really hates that Jack has started to call Catherine Kate, and she goes so far as to tell Jack that he's not good enough for her daughter, though Jack is not deterred. When Catherine asks to meet with him, he manages he manages to turn it into a fairy-lighted picnic date in the greenhouse of the garden store. And this is enough to charm Catherine, and the night actually ends in a kiss, making it a real date for sure. The next day, though, Mom reminds Catherine that she's Jack's boss, not his friend, or anything else. And this prompts Catherine to pull back from Jack. She doesn't want to upset Mommy, because... She is mommy's girl. Jack is upset that Catherine is deferring to her mom's wishes rather than following her own heart. She orders him to take the day off, to set up his yard some more, but also to return at five to restock, which is not a day off, but we'll we'll leave that alone. (laughs) So that afternoon, Jack's father wanders off. And he and his mother spend hours looking for him, which means that Jack does not show back up to work. Angry, Catherine leaves work herself to get out her aggression and just happens to stumble upon Jack's dad sitting at the town church. Realizing that he's having an episode and he's clearly mixed up, she takes him home. Jack's father comes back to the house right before they decide to notify the police, claiming to have been driven home by an angel in a red sports car. That's how Jack knows what happened. Yes. On Valentine's Day, Catherine is still under her mother's cold influence. Even so, Jack gives her a Valentine's Day card because she claimed to have never received one. Bull fucking shit. (laughs) Um, And Catherine melts a little. Meanwhile, Jack is trying to impress Catherine by becoming more corporate. You know, changing yourself to be who your partner wants is they're just reverse greasing. (laughs) And more corporate means I put on a tie. (laughs) (laughs) So the judge of the contest is mom, of course, and she's being driven around in in a convertible like a pageant queen. So right before she gets to Valentine Street, however, the little nephews of one of the contestants messes up two of the three displays and Jack's dad being sick wanders out into Jack's yard and starts to dance with Cupid completely destroying Catherine's display as well so the three houses that have decorated on Valentine Street are all a mess but that's when Catherine realizes that she doesn't want to be her mother and she wants to have some fun in her life Catherine decides to join Jack and his parents dancing in the yard And then she kisses Jack with the cameras on her, so there's nothing her mom can do. Like, her mom can't have a fit, because otherwise she'll look like the bitch she is. Knowing her mom won't want to be embarrassed, Catherine announces that Ron won the competition, giving him the backyard renovation. Mom is shocked and upset, because Ron does not want to turn down this backyard renovation. He's he's into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But has to go along with it to save face. And Jack jumps to Catherine's defense, which makes mom see the light and wish the best for her daughter. So one year later, Jack and Catherine have another picnic, but this time outside of the church. They are celebrating a promotion for him and their first year together. 
And there, Jack proposes with a ring in a rose. And they kiss again. And since... One kiss kiss means means forever. forever. This is the ending we were expecting since that very first garden store date. Yes. The end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't even know where to start to be like honest. Okay. There's a, there's a lot going on, but what I really want to talk about the first really small thing that I want to talk about in terms of what the fuck moments mm-hmm. is just a funny little Easter egg thing that I saw that I kind of want to applaud the filmmakers for. All right. So there's this one moment where the mom, who is think I think her name is like Deborah or something. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. Her, I did notice that her own daughter calls her Mrs. Shank. Oh, so Mrs. Shank. <laughs> I think it is Deborah. Terrible. Um, is she's at her desk and she's reading a, a newspaper of the Valentine Gazette and it says unseasonably warm weather continues in Valentine's. And I thought this was great because people like us would definitely have been like, how are they wearing like, how is it so sunny and not snowing in Oregon in early February? <laughs> <laughs> I I also noticed that it was like the, the um, newspapers were a little crazy looking. But had some fun articles happening in them. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, okay. So let's start with the the competition and these neighbors. And they're, they like, the neighbors had the right questions. They just didn't get yeah. the answers. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because at the beginning, they say something like, what's the catch? Is this a, like a scheme? And they were like, no, there's no catch, no scheme. And it's like. What are you talking about? Like, this uh, this is a money making ploy. Like, that's what this is. For sure. Why would Why would you think it was anything else? Why would you claim it was anything else? It's to help the store. Like, I mean, anything the, like this would help would not help the store, or but they would help the store, right? Like, I, right. I mean, but it was just such a weird way to be like, you know, for for the neighbors to to be like, what? Why would you do this? There's nothing in it for you. Like, it was just such a strange moment. Yeah. I have a question about this, too. Okay. So one of the questions that the neighbors asked was, uh, would I be able to get this in my backyard? And they said, yes. Mm -hmm. Would I be able to do this in my backyard? And they Mm -hmm. said, yes. And what I find strange, and to kind of their point of, like, what's in it for you is they did not set any parameters for what their backyard renovation entails. And I feel like if this if this was like Home Depot, they would have been like up to like $100,000 of whatever you want. Oh, uh, uh there were no lawyers involved in crafting. <laughs> no, but there but most of these contests like have like, you know, up to a certain extent, we will like this is what your backyard renovation entails. And then people are like, I want a new deck, I want a swimming pool. And also I want a new tractor or not tractor, but a new like lawnmower is one of the things that the person had said that they wanted. And I'm like, I do not think that a backyard renovation means you get a new lawnmower. I agree. I agree. I also, and then at the end, like Ron says something like, I want a pool. And do they sell pools? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Right, which is such a weird thing because, like, it did say, like, anything in the store. Yeah. So, like, 
in any of these renovation shows, the person whose house owns it, they don't dictate what they want most of the time. It's whatever the store wants to do. Like, right. Like, you. it's like, oh, we're, we're going to, like, get somebody in here who's going to design it for you. Mm-hmm. They don't get to pick out the furniture. Well, also what was very strange is – so they're allowed to have anything in the store – which I would interpret as anything that the store sells. Mm-hmm. So why would removing certain furniture from the floor change anything? A hundred percent. Because they. <laughs> so what what Hannah means is they moved the most expensive patio furniture to the back of the store, so people wouldn't see it and therefore want it for their renovation, but. Like Hannah is saying, it's still in their catalog of, of items they sell, so they should be able to no matter what, even if it's not on the store floor, which is why it's dumb that A, the store, this fictional store, and B, the writers did not solve this dilemma themselves <laughs> by creating strict guidelines, but they wanted they wanted – they needed something to make the mom look even more evil. Right. But also on top of – the other thing I kept thinking about while well, moving the merchandise in the back of the store, like, okay, let's pretend that works. That you like, if you don't, you don't know it's there if you've never seen it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It also means that no one else can buy that item. True. So, in theory, it feels They're like shooting you're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it feel it feels like there. This is not thought through. Exactly. I mean, it's not thought through, but. Um, and at first, before I realized that like people were buying more than just the overstock flowers, because at first I was like, this is a really good way of recouping your money for the overstock flowers and getting them to go to good use. Great. But then I was like, a fully renovated backyard seems like a lot more than just the cost of recouping like all of these flowers. <laughs> it also looked like no one was buying the roses at first. Like, at yeah. first, everyone's buying just, like, all, like, the pretty springtime flowers. And I'm like, no one's buying these overstock roses. And I thought well, that was the point. Well, also, the other thing is, I believe they were bouquets. Oh, were of. they? They were. Well, they were palettes. But they looked. I thought they, they were just, like, like long-stemmed. They weren't rose bushes. No, they were, no. like, long-stemmed single. Can you plant those? You can't plant those. No, but you can decorate with them, which is what, yeah. like, like the swans that that one neighbor did is exactly to like what the point of the mm-hmm. of I of what I would have done, or I would have put on like a, a parade, and I would have gotten mm-hmm. sponsors for the parade, and that would have paid for the roses. That would have been great. It seems like also like this company, you get the impression that they have plenty of money. Like, okay. I get that Ron, first of all, Ron made a terrible mistake, so he put an extra zero. I I get that. That's not cool. Yeah. One, who put this man in charge of filling out an order form? Like, clearly he's an <laughs> idiot. Like, we all knew this before he did this. So, who who didn't double check his work? That's so, like, there's a lot of people at fault here. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Ron is not – Ron is to blame, but only because nobody checked him. Right. Um, number two, I understand that, like, 600 versus 60 is a lot. It's a big difference, and there, there's definitely a hit. This 
empire of garden stores seems like it's big enough to absorb that. Can we talk about why this seems like it's an empire? Because the way that they act, because I 100% agree with you. Like, this seems like it's the Home Depot of garden stores. Yes. But as far as I know, their flagship store is in Valentine, Oregon, and the only other one that they have is in Portland, as far as I can tell. But I think they also said they had eight locations. Yeah, but then I but I feel like she's acting like her, like the mother being this big, impressive like owner of something is acting like she's freaking Jeff Bezos and she owns yeah. eight guard eight garden stores. It's not like <laughs> you even have like it doesn't it's seem not, like that's yeah. huge to me. I I agree. I agree completely with that. Though also I'm just I it, everything is very confusing. Like I, I are they all in Oregon? Are they like in the northwest? I don't know. What I'm assuming. Well, my other thing was he is cl- like Valentine's clearly his hometown. His parents live there. They've lived there forever. That's must be where he grew up. Mm-hmm. You would make the assumption that if this woman is basing her flagship store, that's also where she lives and raised her kid. But I did not get the impression that Catherine grew up there. That's a good point. I also am unclear about why Catherine needed to have an MBA from Cornell and a PhD in human behavior in order to take over her mother's garden store. <laughs> it feels like very low stakes to me. Not to say that it have like owning an, a garden store empire is like a like a shit job. It's not, and it's very impressive and it's wonderful. But I'm hard pressed to like. I do not understand why this woman, who is shrewd and cutthroat, would want to say like, you know, what's the biggest money making scheme? Flowers, things that are kind of expensive to grow and sell, and like really, right? <laughs> right. It, and also for somebody who like neither of them seem to have a passion for nature yeah (laughs) like the person who cares about flowers in this is jack who talks he likes to talk to them (laughs) i mean so you you've you've made the great segue into jack and i feel like we need to talk about jack and we need to talk about jack's parents okay so my biggest what the fuck – okay, I have two what the fucks, and I'm going to name them all, and then we're going to go for it. Okay, so Jack's father has Alzheimer's. And before I even talk about that, I'm going to talk about Jack and his mother. Jack's mother and Jack seem very simple-minded. Almost <laughs> like – have you seen Blast from the Past – you no, know, the, with never. Brennan Fraser and Sissy Spacek, where they're, they're, they live – they live – okay. So the story of that is Brennan Fraser was raised in a fallout shelter because his dad thought that the bombs were happening in the 50s. So when he gets brought back up, he knows nothing of the world and everything is beautiful and he's a huge romantic. And Sissy Spacek is very like, la di da di da This seems like them to me. They are very simple-minded. <laughs> She's very like, oh, la-da-la-la-la. I also think she has dementia. 
And he, I'm pretty sure, is still a virgin. Oh, 100%. Just based on how excited he gets about Catherine. And like, they, she was like, how is your date, son? And he goes, mom, it was enlightening. Wow, oh my God. Great. That like Enlightening was the word he used. And that hurt my soul. It was terrible. But can my biggest what the fuck, though, is how they approach someone having Alzheimer's. They was almost like they were making fun of it. Like, it was okay. it was really disturbing to me, actually. I have, you know, I've seen Alzheimer's in, in, in the wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is not how, like, he just seemed so, like, um... Like he would, he would revert time. So like he, he would think he was, you know, much younger that he was getting married soon, blah, blah, blah. Like he, he had a pretty good handle on what had happened up until a certain point in his life. Yeah. But then he was also like a child. Yeah. Um, But at no point did he display what I think of as one of the most universal like alzheimer dementia symptoms which is anger at not understanding mm. like what's going on completely it was almost like the whoever wrote this like did the opposite and they're like we want to we want people with alzheimer's to be perceived as people who see beauty in life because they don't understand better right and that made me mad <laughs> yeah like you know like he just they made it as if he didn't know right from wrong a hundred percent like how how is ripping up your front yard like valentine bouquets and dancing with things but knocking things over at the same time because you're dancing which goes on for about 10 minutes how is that a symptom of alzheimer's i don't know and i and if and if you do out there please let us know but for me it was i thought it was very poorly I've very poorly touched on. I agree. Everything about these people. So uh, speaking of like this man with the dad doing all this destruction and the nephews do the destruction. No one notices it happening. These are not quiet destructions. No. My note says, are these people deaf? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in order to live in Valentine, you have to have your head in the clouds. Uh, I mean, it was just like, it looks comical. Yeah. The destruction. And I think that was the filmmaker's intention. Yeah. It would be hilarious. I, I agree that it's it's supposed to look comical, but I also felt like I can see and hear this happening. And this is like directly behind you. I know. Like, I'm worried about you. Um. Really fast, I mm-hmm. only because you put it not only because, but I think it's hilarious. But because you put it in the synopsis, mm-hmm. I need to discuss Jack's Valentine to Catherine. First of all, before I do though, I want to just say for the record how I very much do not appreciate him calling her Kate at all when she has said multiple times that her name is Catherine. I agree, you know. People call me Kate all the time, and I'm not. I'm a Katie. It's cute once. Mm -hmm. Um, And it bugged me that she changed her name for him because then she goes by Kate. Yeah. So here is 
the valentines that he created for her. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I like the boss's daughter. I think she likes me too. Gross. And then he signs it with a signature, and then there's an arrow pointing to it, and that has a quotations, meaning like that signature is Jack. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> so so basically what you're saying is he signed it the same way that a parent signs their three-year-old's drawing. Yes. <laughs> Yes, or when you've just learned cursive in like fourth grade and you try out your signature and then you're like, it's really messy. So I you, you still need to know in the yearbook that it's my name. <laughs> right. It's like, this, this is who I am actually. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. It was very Everything, gross. It was very gross. First of all, that brings me to something else that I do not understand. Who is the boss? Angela. From the TV show. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Oh. You stepped into it. I did. I did. I, I, did. I did. I did. Yeah. No, that was, it was very good. It was very good. In uh, who is the boss of the Great American Garden Store? It's supposed to be Catherine at this point, but the mom is still pulling the strings. So does he like the boss's daughter or does he like the boss? Who's the boss? Like, clearly the employees don't know who's in charge. I I hate it. I just hate everything about it. Okay, so maybe it is a transition period and she hasn't completely stepped down yet. So Catherine is, like, in training. But there was multiple times where she's like, you know what? No, I'm the boss and I say you're not fired and blah, 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 blah. And so I, I don't know I feel like we need to stage a coup just so we know who's in charge. Uh, but I, I, cause I also wrote down like his behavior towards Catherine is inappropriate for an employee to boss. Absolutely. Scenario. It is. It, it would be, imp- it, 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 it would be inappropriate for a, a, the other way too, but it's inappropriate for, for what they're doing. Again, I say this as someone who, you know, was – who is about to be married to someone who was her boss, but he was a manager. It's not like he was the owner. And yeah. It was mutual. Right. I, I think, like, it doesn't bother me that they were together for a year after the story takes place. No. That part doesn't bother me. The His, like, overly familiar attitude towards her mm-hmm. of, like – and like the like, you know, when when they make that weird date in the garden shed, um, <laughs> the like it would be really inappropriate for somebody to be like, "Why, yes, I will go on a date with you, boss." You know, like, yeah, that's not what she was asking him. She was asking him to have a meeting. Yeah. A hundred percent. Although I have that, I have that down as a um a new and noteworthy because generally, like you know, it would be a moment where it would where he was like, okay, so it's a date because that's what he said. He goes, okay, it's a date, and someone would be like, no, no, it's not a date, and he was like, let's call it a date. <laughs> let's yeah. do it, which is why I'm convinced that he is simple minded. <laughs> uh, oh God. Um. Yeah. Also, we... there was one line that I just wanted to point out. They say, like, 
you know, she says something like you're a B type or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, they never use the word beta. But I was like, are you trying to tell me he's a beta? Because I'm reading beta. <laughs> she was just like, like, like bozo. Yeah. Like banana. And he was like, brave. <laughs> Benevolent. I'm like, no. Ugh gross anyway let's 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 stop her like self-flagellating and go into some smaller hallmarks <laughs> okay uh all right uh my first one is we have a, a seasonal name with valentine oregon and valentine street oh hey that's good um i have uh they have opposite personalities and i think i went with an unwarranted antagonism on her part Sure, sure. There's a couple of times they literally bump into each other. Uh, you've got a little pollen on your nose, and I must wipe it off for you. <laughs> um, this is going coming up in a couple of different ways in previous podcasts, but using literature to advocate for love. Mm. Like, you know? Yeah. Uh, the whole plot is uh, we've got to save... Ron's job, the yeah. store. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, I have the I have two, but they're kind of linked. Okay, they're all about ways you can tell someone is evil. Mm-hmm. So number one is somebody filing their nails is uh-huh. a is okay. a is behavior of an evil person. Sure, as told by community theater. Mm-hmm. And then also when they are sitting in a chair and they turn around to reveal themselves to be someone that they are not. (laughs) That was so stupid. It was the worst because he's talking to someone's head. And at first I'm like, are we going to have a psycho moment? (laughs) (laughs) Turn around. But it really does look like either a doll or a dead person. It does. It's very strange. Um, Her, she has a plan for her life that includes love at a specific time. Yeah. <laughs> that bucket list. Uh, she has a signature necklace. That was my next one, too. Yay. Um, uh, mom is anti-feelings, pro-business. <laughs> Mine, that, that was mine, too. I, you can't run business with your heart. <laughs> And we have a one year later. Yeah. Great. Great. Awesome. Pretty parade. Um, okay. I have some and have I have an anti. Okay. Um, well, my anti I've already kind of said. Okay. Um, which is Cupid and the Cupid arrangement. Absolutely. It's okay, it's the gold of like a lot of the Buddha statues mm-hmm. on a plastic baby Cupid. That's the size of a building. <laughs> Man, many plastic baby cupids. There, there's like a whole. Terrible. It's like a whole tribe of cherubim that are like there with red roses. It, it's ter- It is terrible. It is the it tackiest is, thing I've ever seen. It's very tacky. I mean, they're all pretty bad, but it's very. That one was especially bad because there was no like craftsmanship involved. Right. Well, I was actually going to say one of my pretty phrases is I actually kind of liked the way the flowers were on the Romeo and Juliet one. Uh, yeah, I actually, that one was by far my favorite. If it yeah. hadn't been destroyed, I think it might have actually looked good. But it, in terms of the destruction, it actually looked the worst. Yeah, I me. agree. 
but I liked the way the flowers had been trellised and stuff. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. other pretty parade is um, she wears a couple of times the same like belted green long sleeved dress. That was one of my pretty ones. Too. Yay! I mean, it's definitely our style, Hannah. Oh yeah, no, my, I said this is one I would wear. It's solid, a line, and classy. Yeah, it's it was really beautiful. Yeah, um, there was also one more pretty that I had to um, shout out because uh, it melted my heart a little bit, and we didn't get any information on it. Ron has a puppy. Oh my and you god! See a it puppy. for a hot second. <gasps> It's so tiny. It's so tiny. It's so cute. It is so cute. And I was like, I I want the story of this puppy. That's what I would like to be watching, please. And then they never show you the puppy again. But I loved the puppy, like a lot. Loved it. <laughs> um, Dementia Dad s- pulls out this thing that he says, nothing says Valentine's like this. And it's a heart-shaped box that contains a plastic prism lotus with a red candle in the middle and he wants it to be used again and they like use it uh, somehow in in ron's thing but it was the ugliest thing i've ever seen and i'm like (laughs) why is this what valentine's day is all about charlie brown it's bad yeah it's it's really bad um speaking of ron also um his cupid costume is very bad it's very bad but i loved it (laughs) <laughs> I loved it. It's a flesh-colored unitard with suspenders and terrible wings and his bow and arrow. And I thought it was great <laughs> that a grown man wanted to wear that. And then he wore it every year on Valentine's Day. It's awesome. Um, I mean, it, Jack might be simple-minded, but like Ron, I'm a little bit worried that Ron lives alone. I have... <laughs> I have a theory about this, but it's in my Across the Universe. Okay. Well, why don't you do it then? Okay. So the actor who plays Ron has been in a lot of Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. And one of the movies that he was in is our favorite, Falling for You, where he has a brother and he and his brother want to make the same baked goods for the Bachelor Bake Off. So my theory is that after the Bachelor Bake Off, Ron, like this character, moves to Valentine, Oregon. <laughs> so he's not alone. He's got a brother on the other side of the country and he's fine. <laughs> and they come to visit. But it's the same kind of like simple minded. I keep using that term and I know it's there's something better to use, but he's very innocent and naive. And I think it's Ooh, the same yeah. kind of character. So I'm going to jump to supporting shout out because my supporting shout out is actually Ron. Yay. Um, And. I say that because he he struck me as the only genuine person in this movie. I think you're right. I was like, I think the character is genuine. I think the this man playing him is playing him as genuine. Everyone else sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's sort of amazing that this man has made it through life this far, surrounded by terrible humans. Yeah, and I'm he's so cute. And I'm wondering why he's always been like another character in one of these movies and he hasn't mm. been a lead yet. I cannot imagine him as lead. Is he so goofy? Yeah. Well, what if we had a goofy person? What if I was the lead with him? We would have the goofiest rom-com of all time. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm game to I'm game to watch it. 
One kiss means forever publications productions. <laughs> um, I, my, my supporting shout out was actually the neighbors, Gary and Maya okay. and Myra. Myra. And, yeah. yeah. Um, I loved their fights. I thought they were hilarious. And Myra, the woman who played her, is the girl from Mean Girls who doesn't go here. Yes, she is. I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> and I just liked that. I just like that journey for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm there for it. Yeah, cool. Uh, kiss meter. So we had three kisses in this movie. Let's go kiss by kiss. Okay. So kiss number one, I gave a five because I do not understand why they kissed there. Um, technically, it was supposed to be a meeting, like you said. Everything, like everything, was lined up so it was cute. But I still don't know why they liked each other or why it was romantic. At any point of it i also gave it a five yay and i said setting was cute and it kind of was set up like a soap opera shot uh-huh. to me um but the dialogue i agree that like i don't know why they were kissing um but and the following dialogue was so we kissed and it was great <laughs> sorry which made me a little homicidal. <laughs> I was wondering because of that line, and then a couple and a couple other lines like the "our date was enlightening." I'm wondering how old this writer is. I don't know. It, it feels like it's written by a 16 year old, which makes me think that it's the person who was that romance writer of that movie we saw where, on Lifetime, where she was like 20. <laughs> Maybe she wrote this. Oh right, the the one who had never been in love. I I was very stoned for that watch. I don't. I vaguely remember it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so kiss number two. Um, so this is the this is the kiss um for the public outside of the the um display, right? And I said the kiss by itself was fine. So I want to give it a seven just based on the kiss because it look, mm-hmm. they look good kissing. But because of its placement in the movie, because it was done for such a reason, I hate it. I don't want to rate it. So I, I said it's a three. Okay. Um, I was nicer than you. I, I said five. And okay. my note was, eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last kiss. The ending okay. kiss they have been proposed to. Everything is happy. One kiss means forever. I gave it a seven. Begrudgingly, I wrote, they kiss well, but I hate them. <laughs> um, I gave it a 6.2. <laughs> Said definitely the best kiss of the movie. Very basic. <laughs> They kiss to they kiss well together. They're yeah, fine. They're fine. I, was, I had no qualms about their actual kissing. Just whence they happened in the movie. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Katie. Oh my god! Would you watch this movie? <laughs> no, no, no. I would not. And in fact. Dear listeners, I texted Hannah halfway through this movie and I said, I hate you for making me watch this. Why? And Hannah <laughs> responded, 
ha 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 we've got to watch the bad ones at some point and i was like <laughs> why yeah everything about it just didn't land there was nothing redeeming about no. this movie no how about you hannah uh, I said, ugh, no. If you want to continue to believe in love, do not watch this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was beautiful. <laughs> so happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy happy Valentine's Day. Which, And I'm so upset because I kind of liked the concept of the movie, of this whole comp- like front yard competition. I thought mm-hmm. – like if it had been a better movie, I that idea would have been great. But ev- nothing about it, nothing worked. worked. Yeah, exactly. Um. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. Happy Love Day. Well, happy, yeah. happy, happy time of year for Valentine's Day. I'm hoping yeah. that the movies we're watching on Hallmark and various other places around this are better. Yeah. That we're t- and we're tweeting them. Yeah, we're, we're we're trying to tweet these movies. We're doing the best we can. Uh, usually Saturday nights, uh, we're a little behind the scenes. We're recording this quite early, so uh, we don't know what's coming. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram for those live tweets. One kiss means forever. We're the one and the four are numerals. And if you'd like to email us for any specific reason, ideas for movies that you'd like us to cover in the springtime, etc., uh, you can email those ideas to us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Flint Pastures for our intro after music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Have a good one, friends. Bye-bye. Hold, please. There is some sort of room rooming outside. Room, room, room.